There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. A few weeks back, Lil Nas X puts out this song, Montero. Mm. Parentheses, call me by your name. That's right. And it stirs up all this controversy. Yeah, this is something I'm dimly aware of. I know that's maybe some of the mu- the imagery in the music video created outrage among certain religious groups but i don't i don't really know much about this yeah and at the time i just didn't find any interesting musical insights to add to the conversation but oh boy was i wrong on first listen But before we get into my findings, I think first you might want a quick refresher on Lil Nas X. Remember, he's particularly good at mashing up genres to make social commentary while simultaneously trolling the entire internet. We, of course, remember Old Town Road, which is a sort of tongue-in-cheek look at how blackness is accepted in country music. Mm. Can't nobody tell me And now we have Montero. And Montero sort of works differently. This is a much more personal song. Since Old Town Road came out, Lil Nas X also came out. This was a big media moment and a big moment for him. I caught it bad just today. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles in my face. Romantic talking on and this song is really a self-acceptance, self-love song, and one about the sort of his own personal sexual fantasies. I think a lot of people, like me, maybe wondered if little Nas X could do another Old Town Road, could find something that so captures the cultural imagination. So do you know, like, how is this song doing on the charts? It's been on charts all over the world. Right now, it's, as we speak, at number two on Billboard. It's been at number one. So no sophomore slump here. It's known that Lil Nas X is good at mashing up different genres. He's also good at mashing up different kinds of texts, if you will. Here we have Mm. a reference to, of course, the film and novel by the same name, Hmm. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, this is a film that I uh, have pretended to see for, uh, I don't know, five <laughs> years. I, I always nod when people mention, oh, yeah, yeah, come. Mm. There's something about a peach, I know, involved in it. So, no, I have no idea what this this film is about. Sorry. So this movie was a splash. It was nominated for an Academy Award, had a cultural moment for its depiction of a gay love story and for its provocative sex scenes. And Lil Nas X is nodding to this title and its story. 
And in an act of extreme media mashup, I actually reached out to the author of the book, Call Me By Your Name, Andre Asimov, who said over email that it's always wonderful to be mentioned alongside other artists and see how they connect my work to theirs. It's no incidental thing to see the words, call me by your name, rise to the number one chart. What could be more uplifting to a writer? Whoa, I love that. That's so cool. I'm trying to think if there are other songs that have hit number one that reference literature in their titles. If you're listening to this and you have an example, please send it our way. But otherwise, Charlie, let's don't don't let All me right. derail you here. I just got really excited about that little quote you pulled. So yeah. Lil Nas X is what I think I would call good at creating productive controversy. You had mentioned at the top of the episode that there had been a music video, right? There's this video that he puts out for this record where he goes down to hell. He gives a lap dance to Satan. He doesn't go down to hell. He rides a stripper pole <laughs> to the depths of Hades. Sorry, I just needed to amend that. But please continue. He gives Satan a lap dance. And as our colleague at Vulture, Craig Jenkins, says, this lap dance to the devil in which he later snaps his neck symbolizes his own journey to break free from the shame bestowed upon many LGBTQ youth in Christian communities. Right? Hmm. Powerful. It's quite a visual. I mean, do we need to mention that he plays both himself and the devil in this? Cause yeah, yeah, might... yeah. It's interesting, especially yeah. that the song is called Montero, which is Lil Nas X's real name. Oh, so I'm not sure that I knew that. Yeah, he's really putting his personal flag on this song. And the way he does it in the video ignites a whole controversy amongst the religious right, which he goes on by releasing 666 pairs of Satan shoes that include actual human blood in the manufacturing of the kicks. Okay, so, right, people freak out, and even the governor of South Dakota weighs in, saying, mm. we are in a fight for the soul of our nation, in response to this song. Whoa. Oh, yes. Yeah. wild. But here's the thing, is, like, I think when I was first listening, I was like, this, this is all well and interesting. The visuals are powerful. It's a great music video. It was a fun moment, and, like, couldn't be happier that Lil Nas X is proving that, once again, he can not just make a hit, but he can make a moment. The thing is, like, I was wanting a musical moment, mm. right? Not just a visual moment. That's the thing that gets me really excited. It's, like, why we do this show, right? Yeah, we're we're music nerds. Yeah, and, and like with Old Town Road, you listen to that, and immediately you're just like, oh, this is, I, I see what you're doing here. Trent Reznor, banjo, sample, mashup of country and trap music, weird formal structure where the chorus is at the very <laughs> beginning and then you don't hear it again till the end. Yeah, there's a lot of things to nerd out on. Yeah, exactly. Track. And like and I feel like the statement that he's making is as much lyrical, visual and musical. And as I said when I first listened to the song Montero Call Me By Your Name, I couldn't see how the production was in any way sort of mirroring that larger message. And over the last couple of days, I have gone down the biggest rabbit hole realizing that, as I said, I was completely wrong. Were you straddling a stripper pole as you were entering that, that rabbit hole? I hadn't considered it. It's a very small rabbit hole. I, wouldn't, I don't think mm. it would, yeah, just the circumference-wise, I don't, I don't think that would have worked. Okay, a rabbit-sized stripper pole. But go on. 
<laughs> is that image of a little tiny bunny rabbit stripper? Is that too, is that do you need to purge that for a second? If Lil Nas X is teaching us anything, it's of acceptance, and so I will accept your metaphor. Yes. All right. Keep going. Keep going. What what are we missing about this song? What I was missing were all of these musical clues, and I want to play them back for you and see if we can piece together what's going on. So let me play you some things. I want to see what you're hearing. Okay. Mm, okay, I'm getting a perhaps flamenco vibe here, or what? Maybe what you would what? What is that? Dun 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 dun. What you hear at a bullfight? Perhaps is that it? Okay, let's just break it down. There, there's two major chords played on the guitar. They're half step away from each other, and clearly this is bringing up some associations for me. But I guess I can't totally place it. Okay, let's keep on moving. Let's see what else we hear. Okay. It's like a little scavenger hunt here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a kind of a technical term here that uh, that slaps. <laughs> so sorry, I don't know if the people you know listening might not be versed in music theory. That refers to uh, a groove that really makes you want to get down and move your ass okay should i say something else about it probably yeah what do you it's got? got uh i'm i'm into it i mean it's got i like these funky hand claps each bass drum is kind of like rolled into like and it's it's got that we're still hearing that like one chord moving up a half step and back down which is kind of slinky and and sexy and I don't know. Help me out. What, 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 what am I? What am I hearing? Yeah, I think the clues here point to Lil Nas X mashing up genres as he's known to do: some Latin-inspired rhythms and hand claps, 808-style hip-hop bass. But the cultural reference that I think has been overlooked is this lovely stringed instrument that pops up in the post-chorus and outro. What? Okay, that is it like a a koto or something? <laughs> I think the technical term is that was bananas. Yes. I prefer to try and avoid using jargon, you know, on our okay. show, Charlie, but I'll I'll allow I'll allow that here. Is that instrument a koto perhaps? No, it is definitely not a Japanese koto. I'll tell you the real instrument later. But you're not alone in misplacing this reference. Oh, wow. This is fascinating. What a lot of people had captured from this vibe is, as you Uh had put at the beginning, maybe like a flamenco sort of Spanish thing. So Mm -hmm. reporting from MTV and Consequence have both said, yeah, this is like a flamenco thing. And I think these folks are wrong. Whoa. It just got heated in here here's the journey i go on from here yeah you always gotta look at the liner notes and i look at the liner notes Mm -hmm. and i see this guy omar fetty is playing the guitar Hmm. do you know omar i don't know omar but i think i'd like to you have heard his music oh okay how about this one That is the smash hit Mood by 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior. On which he plays guitar, Omer Fetty. Huh. Omer Fetty is right. And that's a very, now that I listen to it closely, it's a really kind of unique guitar line with like 
these crazy bends or or slide like portamento slides that that he's doing or I don't know. It's a unique sound. It's got a nice vibe. I mean, he is an in-demand guitar player and producer, does stuff with Youngblood, Machine Gun Kelly, with 24 Karat Golden, and here with Lil Nas X as well. Huh. He is a 21-year-old working out of Los Angeles. He moved to L.A. when he was 16 from Israel, and he's been called by XXL, one of the best current hip-hop producers. This is where I go deeper. <laughs> Whoa. So Omer is the son of the novelist of Call Me By Your Name. No, Omer's dad, Asher Fetty, is a drummer who played with some of the biggest acts in Israel, artists like Sarit Haddad and Shlomi Shabbat. He's known for performing with Mizrahi musicians. Mizrahi musicians? Uh, These are Israeli Jews of Middle Eastern and North African descent. And all of a sudden I'm thinking like maybe that stringed instrument that you're hearing at the end of the song Mm -hmm. and that opening guitar riff isn't so much a flamenco influence, but perhaps it's more of a Middle Eastern influence. And so I had to go deeper. Whoa, the plot thickens. But to test this hypothesis, I had to talk to someone who knows this music way better than I do. My name is Gal Kadan. I'm uh, Israeli, living in Berlin. So Gal is a DJ, producer, and music researcher who lectures on Israeli pop music and the interplay between European and Middle Eastern music. And Gal had a very similar feeling when I asked him about his first reaction to this song. Oh, this is a Spanish guitar. It's this kind of this kind of Latin rhythm with a, with a nice Spanish guitar. But then this moment in Call Me By Your Name happens that made him question his initial impression. Mm. There's this actually little bit that comes right at the end of the song, where the guitar like goes down on the scale, where I kind of notice, oh, wait, this is more than that. And then he pulls up the song for me called Boom Pom by Ari San. has almost that same scale and sound as Call Me By Your Name and sounded a lot like that outro guitar to Gal. Mm. What was very unique about Arisan is not so much the way he sang, but the way he played the guitar because he was listening to a lot of American music at the time with very dominant surf electric guitars. Arisan is this Greek guitarist who immigrates to Israel in the late 50s where he fuses the sound of the Greek bazooki with Dick Dale-style surf guitar. That's Miserloo. Yes, famously played in the film Pulp Fiction, but the song actually goes way back. You can trace the roots of Miserloo to uh, Egypt's Greek and Jewish music in the 1930s. Dick Dale was of Eastern European and Lebanese descent, and the harmony that he used in surf music drew from this heritage. Hmm. 
So Ari-san, the guy we heard just before Dick Dale, he's inspired mm-hmm. by surf guitarists like Dale, takes his Greek bazooki, plays that kind of thing on the guitar, brings it to Israel, inspires a whole new underground scene amongst Mizrahi Jews. Here's how Gal explains it. Mizrahi Jews adopt Greek identities and play Greek music in fake Greek names and fake Greek accents just because if they uh, sang in Arabic, which could have been their uh, mother tongue, it would never get any airplay. So if I follow, we have this surf guitar sound created by a American Dick Dale of Lebanese and Eastern European origin, So, which, which inspires this Greek musician to kind of electrify the bazooki, so to speak, and mine the surf style, which in turn becomes super popular among the Mizrahi community in Israel, turning it into this musical phenomena. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that is head spinning. Part of the reason why this Greek surf bazooki style was popular is because it used Middle Eastern scales that were common amongst Mizrahi Jews uh cultural heritage. You can hear quarter tone singing common in Arabic. Here's an example of a Mizrahi group called Sounds of the Oud. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But here's the thing is that this music wasn't accepted by state-sponsored media, which preferred more Western-sounding harmonies in its pop music. And so it stayed in the underground for much of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They mostly sold their music on cassettes in the central bus station in Tel Aviv. It was called cassette music. In the 90s, when Israel started getting through privatization of media channel, then this music really, really started breaking through. What Gal told me is that after the opening of the media, this music takes off in reality television competitions and on radio. And today, Mizrahi music has become a predominant form of pop. Uh, you can hear it on a track like Sil Salim by Static and Ben L from uh, 2016. <laughs> that kicks so much but i love that <laughs> and at this point you're probably thinking like wait what does this have to do with call me by your name other than just like some guitar sound that gall heard <laughs> and so i yeah, asked now now that you mention it you know i wouldn't i wouldn't mind if you could bring us back to this track i asked gall exactly this question and he thinks that lil nas x's talent for creating cultural hybrids is quite simpatico with the story of mizrahi music hmm. he mashes up a lot of different cultures together because for me i think that is the essence of mizrahi music the fact that jews that came from arab countries to israel refused to give up their heritage and culture and insisted on trying to infuse all the different cultures together into some new style and in that sense i think it does evoke much of the mizrahi mindsets i didn't think you could do it but <laughs> but we got there but here's the thing is like the guitarist on this song, Omar Fetty, grew up with music in his household of this descent, mm. which is making it onto this track. I think the sort of maybe even more important connection rather than some like history of Mizrahi music is more like 
thinking about how the use of scales, which are most commonly used in Middle Eastern music,、mm-hmm. are so often employed to evoke otherness. You know, quote otherness in the Western imagination, and "Call Me by Your Name" is using these same sounds, these scales that feel like they're in the Western imagination, if you will, like evoking the sense of otherness, maybe a sense of evil, a sense of the devil, Satan.、Hmm. I could see that. All right, let's go into the real jargon. Right, it's like both Arisan. Dick Dale and here Lil Nas X, all of them are using the same underlying scale. Right. Are you familiar with the family of Phrygian scales, and in this case, perhaps the Phrygian dominant scale? I am familiar. I've been known to mess around with the Phrygian scale now and then. Do you want me to play it for you, just in case you forgot it? I want you to play it for me because I love it. <laughs> Shred, Chuck. Shred. It's a great sound. I expressed some skepticism before, but I do see what you mean. Like this sound, the scale indexes as the other in both, I think, U.S. society and clearly in Israeli society. So. I can see how it could be marshaled within this song as this kind of subtle reinforcement of the lyrical message, right? Especially the fact that this scale is actually globally wildly popular. You hear it all、right. throughout the Middle East, all throughout North Africa. It's in Spain. It's in flamenco music, it, and the influence of Arab culture into Spain likely brought this scale. It's even in Balkan music. Like it's all over the world. And even though we sometimes hear this scale in metal and in trap music, it's still subordinate in Western pop music to the primary, major, and minor tonalities that are most common. I feel like we've gone pretty deep down the rabbit hole to prove out a perhaps ridiculous hypothesis of mine that the music is working on an even deeper layer than we had first assumed. But the only way for us to know what's really going on behind these musical choices is to talk to the actual producers that made "Call Me by Your Name," which we're going to do right after the break. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now. <laughs> I hate it. I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge. 
in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong, and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Hey, what's up? I'm David. I'm Denzel. We are Take a Day Trip. We make some tunes. We uh, play some keyboards, put down some drums. Just uh, overall record makers. Just try to have fun doing it. They're being a little bit humble. David and Denzel, who make up Take a Day Trip, wrote Sheck West's Mobamba. <laughs> Travis Scott and Kincaid's The Scots. And have collaborated with Lil Nas X since Old Town Road. They actually made his follow-up hit Panini. Hey Panini, don't you be a meanie. Thought you wanted me to go. Why you trying to keep me teeny? And uh, are executive producing his entire first record, which is coming out relatively soon. Damn. So I caught up with Take a Day Trip just as they were leaving a session with Lil Nas X, and I asked them about what inspired the song for Nas. Here's Denzel. He had come out last June, but then was like doing a bunch of promo and stuff and like, you know, going to different countries and doing shows and being really busy. And then just like everything stops. And I think, you know, around that time, because of everything stopping and him being able to go meet up with someone or like go on a date or something, probably for like the first time in his life, he was just able to be so much more honest and not really have to hide things and like metaphors about what things mean. And I think really like I was one of the first times that he really was able to operate in life, not hiding like pieces of himself. Mm-hmm. It just instantly started translating into songs. One night we were recording one of the songs that Nas had made like in his house during quarantine that he recorded on his phone. And then in the middle of the take, he's like, just record this like separately. And he's just like, call me when you want, call me when you need call me in the mud and just says that like randomly and do- doesn't even have like all the words figured out to the end of that phrase and then we're like okay cool and then we go back to recording the other song and then we're like huh maybe we should do something with that other thing you just did and then omer just like immediately just was like oh like these chords could be cool over it and then he records the guitar on on his iphone and basically the entire song melodically was done just like in that 20 minute period randomly while doing another song which is like Nas's favorite thing to do like if you have to do something it's like pressure to do something we'll literally do the opposite for like 12 hours just to like not do it but then sometimes it's like those offshoots end up becoming like call me by your name the song is in phrygian I think every song that we've had in the top 10, oddly, has been Phrygian. 
Phrygian mode is almost like a Middle Eastern or Moorish or Spanish, like that entire region harmonically is very Phrygian based. A lot of what you see of how that song made people react is that it's just tension is constantly building. You know, the chord progression is constantly looping in just tension. Like nothing ever really fully resolves. Right. It just goes up a minor second and then back down a minor second. Up a minor second, like causes tension and then like kind of eases it by going back down that minor second and then just like literally repeats for the entire song where it's like always pushing and pulling on, on your emotions. Definitely wasn't like, oh, this is something to like definitely dance on the devil to, but <laughs> it was definitely like something that uh, the entire song was building and releasing tension. Nate, you still hanging out there? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on every word here. All right, here's Denzel talking about the Phrygian scale. Remember we played that earlier? Oh yeah, how could I forget? Wait. One of the cool things about this scale is it's made up of all of these tritones. The interval, also called the devil's interval, you have one here, you have one here, you have one here. Renaissance European composers heard the tritone sound as so dissonant that it was labeled the devil in music and was to be avoided. And even if it was placed here just based on intuition, it's another way that this song flips what was once outlawed and turns it into a celebration. And that's exactly how Take a Day Trip approached this song. When this record was created, we're like, oh, like there's something about it where like it could feel like we're in like a drum circle, like around a campfire and like all these kind of things. We're all like clapping and having fun together. And then we had got a banjo because it'd be like, it's so, it'd be so funny to put like a banjo on this album huh. because of like Old Town Road and like Nas, you know, literally wants to do nothing country, but it was like just funny to have a banjo. Dude, that stringed instrument that you couldn't quite identify that was referencing the sort of like Mizrahi guitar style, that was a banjo played no. by Omar Fetty to not sound like a banjo. Usually you never hear a banjo playing in, in Phrygian or like any harmonic minor or like anything like that. But then when you do, it makes you think like not seeing someone play it, you would think that it's like a oud or a sitar or something. But then it kind of like then starts to draw a line across like, oh, all these things are actually very much more connected, like a banjo, you know, from the south or like a oud from the Middle East. Like all these different instruments are not really that different. It's just like the way that people, their experiences change the way that they play them. And, it, you know, now they're characterized in like different ways. And how it's perceived is so interesting because it's like, Obviously, there's a ton of layers, but from like just just straight musical standpoint, thinking of those layers, you know, only being from Israel and bringing in a lot of those melodies, the song is number one on Spotify in Israel, and it's also number one in in Saudi Arabia, which is like you know that it's not because of the lyrics. This is, I mean, it's nuts. Like this song is connecting across the world, even where LGBTQ people 
are subjugated by the state in a song with lyrics that are sexually explicit. And yet the music has so many cultural reference points that it's breaking through with its message of acceptance, even where it's not accepted. And so I asked Take a Day Trip if Lil Nas X knew that this song would have such a reach. He would say, like, this is going to be a moment. Like, you guys literally do not understand. He had, you know, so much of the entire thing planned out in his head. And he'd let us know, too. He's like, you know, you guys are going to see me in a way that you've never seen me before. He knew from the start what, what this would stir. You know, this is a kid who was told from a very early age that one of the biggest sins is to be gay. And you will not be forgiven for that. And you will go to hell for that no matter what. Mm. So he essentially just made a music video saying, well, if I'm going to be gay and I'm going to be open about my sexuality and be fully myself, then I'm going to shoot a music video of myself going to hell and living it up. <laughs> I knew it would piss off a lot of people, a lot of people that aren't quick to realize the actual true message and what it's actually saying and how that relates to so many people that are afraid to be truly themselves because there's so many things in the world that tell someone who is gay or someone who is a person of color, you know, so many things that you can't be something or go someplace because of who you are. It's opening up a conversation for so many people that sometimes not all your beliefs might be the best beliefs when we're simply talking about allowing everyone to love who they want to love. That's deep. I mean, hearing that really speaks to something I, I was saying like up, up at the top of the episode that I think many people thought, oh, Lil Nas X, maybe that was just a fluke with mm -hmm. Old Town Road. No, this is an artist who knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And could even tell, take a day trip in the studio, like, I have this, I have, I have this master plan to like really make this song land. And, and it's all based in his personal experience. I mean, that's, it's pretty stunning. Absolutely. I mean, when I think about it, this is a song that, yeah, is about radical self acceptance in the public eye that criticizes repressive orthodoxy, which is even musically making references to, acceptance and it shows Lil Nas X embracing sounds that evoke otherness in the Western imagination in the same way that he's owning his own sexuality. And maybe I missed all of those musical clues early on because they were so expertly deployed and subtle and just right mm -hmm. that just makes you want to groove no matter where you're from. And as for Take a Day Trip, who produced the track. I'm excited to hear the rest of the record that they put together with Lil Nas X because not only do they know what they're doing, but they also make music with a larger mission in mind. We definitely create on feeling first, but if you ever come after us and say we're not legitimate producers, we will tell you the, the chord progression. We will let you know that <laughs> we know how to make music. Yeah, we are two Black kids that love hip-hop music, but that doesn't mean that we can't do things with intent behind it. That's always been a big goal of ours is really changing the conversation around Black producers in the pop space, especially for this generation. We really want to show the world that Black kids can do this too. This episode of Switched On Pop was produced by me, Charlie Harding, Nate Sloan, and Joey Myers. This week we're edited by Bill Lance, social media by Abby Barr, and illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kurwa, and we're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and Vulture. I want to say thank you to Udi Asaf for connecting me with Gal Kadan, who has a great music project that goes nice. deeper into the cultural dynamics of appropriation between East and West. We'll link to it in our show notes and on our website, switchedonpop.com. 
Also, I'll be posting my entire conversation with Take a Day Trip as a bonus piece in our feed, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts. Do you ask them about their infamous Twitter clapback with Zed back in 2018? We definitely do. Oh, okay. I got to hear that. I got to hear that. No, it's, it's really fun. And uh, otherwise, we love hearing from you on the Twitter, on the Instagram. It's at Switched on Pop. Tell us what you're listening to. Tell us what we missed. And uh, other than that, I think all that remains to say is that we will see you next week with a brand new episode. Where we will be speaking with Julia Michaels, a songwriter who we have been studying on our show for years. She's got a new record out. It's going to be a really fun conversation. Mm. I started palpitating just when I heard you said that name. (laughs) Till then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.